Welcome to the Pick Is In Podcast, the show about anything and everything NFL draft related. I'm your host, Caleb Harris. I wanted to get started by telling you guys what I'll be doing on this podcast. I've been making mock drafts for the past two years now and doing scouting reports with each player I include in my mock drafts. This year's final mock draft, I got eight picks correct, which is four more than Mel Kuyper's April 13th mock draft. But that's not the important part. What's important is being able to project where these players will be and then see it in the future. For example, some good players who might exceed expectations or underwhelm. My boomer bust. Start off with some busts because that's who's first. Trevor Lawrence. I think that he might be a great quarterback later on, maybe even win a Super Bowl or an MVP though I doubt it, but he has such high expectations to be this Peyton Manning Hall of Fame player, and I just don't think that's going to happen. At best, he will be Dak Prescott, but more likely than not, he'll be out of the league within eight years, hoping for an Andrew Luck-type career. Two more busts. First, Alex Leatherwood picked 17th overall by the Las Vegas Raiders. He has ideal size and good athleticism for his huge frame, but he doesn't have the skills necessary, one, to be drafted 17th overall. He probably could have been picked as a second or maybe even third round pick. Also, he has to live up to those expectations now, which just isn't reasonable for any fans to expect. But there have been some some surprises before. And for the third pick, we're going back to Clemson alums with Travis Etienne. He had great speed and athleticism as well, but he just didn't have the power. He got tackled for a loss on a lot of plays and seemed like a one-dimensional, only third-down type back. Especially with James Robinson also in the room, it just doesn't make sense to pick him here. And it really doesn't make sense to expect him to be a great running back when he will be most likely a number two running back in whichever scheme he is. Now, the booms. These first two guys are people who've been underestimated for who knows what reason. Devontae Smith, most likely because of his size. He still has the route running and ability to be a Devontae Smith type player who is the best receiver in the NFL this year, let's be honest. And Even though Rodgers helped that a considerable amount, it was his route running that got him open and led to that massive production from him. Devontae Smith has similar abilities and a little bit shorter frame, but lots of athletic talent despite his 40 time, which wasn't too bad. The other one, Justin Fields. Massively athletic, very strong, fast, and also, most importantly, tremendous accuracy. I think he has a very similar skill set to what Justin Herbert had coming out of college, except for no problems with anticipation like Justin Herbert had. I honestly wasn't too high on Herbert coming out of Oregon, which is crazy since I am a Ducks fan and a Chargers fan, but it was... I just saw too many games where he looked completely lost. Justin Fields never had that. And he was consistently the best quarterback in college football, even passing Trevor Lawrence some weeks. And my last one, a little bit of a sleeper pick, 
Aziz Ojulari, the outside linebacker, edge rusher from Georgia, drafted in the second round by the Giants. Ooh, he has speed around the edge, lots of power. He's got great skills. He's a superb athlete, and I think playing next to Leonard Williams will really help him. And that's – he's just going to be a sack monster and a tackle monster in the NFL. Mark my words. Now I'm going to talk about some guys who are consistent but limited. Guys like Mac Jones or Terrace Marshall. Because Mac Jones' athleticism is clearly not enough to compete with any quarterback in the NFL, except for maybe Tom Brady and a few others. He, his accuracy and reading ability to read defenses was next level for college, though. And we'll see how much of an impact playing with Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, and a bunch of other Alabama receivers who were incredible had on his play. I was also concerned that he wasn't too good in his junior year before this last season where he was a Heisman finalist. Another one, Terrace Marshall, who I mentioned before, has great route running, but it seems like he almost gives up in the middle of plays. I, I don't understand it, and I think he spends too much time trying to get into the routes and using speed and athleticism and stuff, which tells me that he may not have it completely. And I don't think that's going to be enough to cut it against NFL corners and NFL coverages. The last one is Landon Dickerson, who has some very great talent. And he is really mobile. His athleticism probably won't be what limits him. I think it'll be the injuries. He's, like, if you're lucky, he's an all-pro guy who can be a great center or guard. But more likely than not, he's going to be a good guy who's close to Pro Bowl level, but never really hits his stride because he's always getting injured. Similar to like Brandon Brooks and a bunch of other Eagles linemen. The last uh, one more is Christian Darasaw. He's a rock of a tackle. He has he's good at everything, but he's not supremely great compared to all the other tackles and everything. I think that he's going to be a guy that is good until maybe he's like 30, maybe like 35 even, which is insane for a tackle. So that could be a great, great payoff for whichever team signs him in free agency and the team that drafted him, the Vikings. Now I'm going to do some rankings on high-level players from this last class. So the five first-round quarterbacks. I think at first it's Trevor Lawrence, though he has a lower ceiling than some of the guys like Zach Wilson or Justin Fields for me, and even Trey Lance. And second, I have Justin Fields, but it's pretty narrow between him and Trevor Lawrence, which is surprising to some people, but I'm sticking with it. He consistently looked better than him. He just wasn't consistently the best that he could be which is not going to cut it in the NFL, so he'll have to work that out. Next is Trey Lance, whose athleticism and decision-making, I think once he becomes the starter, he's going to be, he's going to hold on to it for the Niners, and I think he'll be at least good for a long time. Like, maybe he could become a great player and an all-pro or anything, but I think mostly he'll just be a Pro Bowl guy Kind of like mid-tier to upper-tier. And then Zach Wilson, 
I think, actually, no, Mac Jones, because he's, he doesn't have the athleticism at all, but he has the ability to win and the perseverance and stuff. Plus, he has the coach to win with Belichick there. And learning behind Cam Newton is also going to be great for him. So I think that he can, he's probably going to be a disappointment, but he'll be better than some of the other people. And then last, Zach Wilson. I think he was completely a product of his system, especially since the year before. He wasn't very good. It was one-hit wonder type of thing. Let's go based off of his arm talent. He's athletic, but he's not the most athletic. And he kind of looks like a junior Russell Wilson without all the talent, without as much talent. Great at extending plays, though, which he might need behind the Jets line. Next, I'm going to do running backs. Javante Williams versus Travis Etienne. A lot of people thought that Najee Harris was the best running back. I'm kind of on the fringe between him and Javante Williams, but I'll give the nod to Najee Harris. And he was the first running back drafted, obviously, by the Steelers. One pick later, Travis Etienne, Jaguars. Javante Williams, though, I think is a bigger power running back guy than Travis Etienne. And, like, if you watch him, he doesn't get tackled in the backfield. Whereas Travis Etienne, it's boom or bust for him every play. He's either gone or he's back in the end zone, which, sorry, back behind the line of scrimmage, which happens too much for me to be comfortable with him as an actual full-time running back, especially in the red zone where there's less space. I think he's more of a pass-catching guy, like almost a slot receiver slash tight end kind of thing. And I think his career is going to fizzle out because there's not a blueprint for him there yet. And as skilled as they are, a lot of NFL coordinators don't have tons of creativity when it comes to using different types of players. Whereas Javante Williams has the power, but he's also a very complete back. His body movement is ridiculous for someone of his size and power. It's it's absurd. He like I think that he can develop as a pass catcher and he can become really good three down back who you're trusting and you don't want to take off the field ever. Whereas ETN is only a third down back in my eyes. But if he can if ETN can get used as a receiver as well by a good coordinator, like say he were on the Chiefs with Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, I think he would be an amazing player, but since he's in Jacksonville, Urban Meyer has a good track record with that sort of thing, but I don't think that he's, I think he'll have enough on his hands that he won't be as concerned or as skilled at getting ETN in the folds. There's also Patrick Sustan versus J.C. Horn. I thought that Caleb Farley, I, I had the corner, the top three corners as Caleb Far- or Patrick Sertan, Caleb Farley, and then Greg Newsom, then J.C. Horn. But J.C. Horn was the first corner drafted because of Caleb Farley's injury concerns. I was a lot higher on Greg Newsom than most people were. And, wow, the Browns got a steal in him, to be, especially to be a number two corner. Wow. But a lot of people were really high on J.C. Horn because of his size, his athleticism, and surprising speed for a guy that big, for a corner at least. Uh, And I think that he just panics too much. Like, 
if you see him, Patrick Sertan is always calm, collected, and he's got incredible skills. Truly an Alabama corner. Uh, but J.C. Horn gets a lot of holding calls. He starts to, like, panic and just grab the players. And when he's running along, he doesn't use his skills so much as he just completely relies on athleticism, which isn't really going to cut it because in the Panthers, he'll be the number one corner, I believe, if he's good enough. And he'll also be facing people like Saints Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, all of these incredible receivers that are – in the case of Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, almost as big as him or bigger. And Michael Thomas, a freak of athletic of talent and everything. So he's going to have to deal with all of that. And I think that he can't be panicking, and he's going to need his skills, which he hasn't refined as much as Patrick Sertan. Whereas Sertan, as our reporter said, he's adjusting well to the NFL, which is rare for a corner to be good as a rookie or even, like, great, which some people are saying that he can do. It's just because he has so much talent, plus he has the athleticism that is, like, a, it's almost an afterthought because of how skilled he is and how technically able he is. And that's a product of Alabama. That's a product of his dad being an NFL corner, and that's a product of him just being a great player. And then now we're going to talk about receivers. Ooh. I did not like Jalen Waddle going first. I know he has the speed and he's more than just a speed guy, that's for sure. And I think that he might be better than Tyree Kill. But I don't think of Tyree Kill as a top level receiver. I think he has the top quarterback. And also Travis Kelsey. Tyree Kill's essentially a number two receiver behind Kelsey, playing with the best quarterback in the world right now. And with an amazing offensive coordinator who's practically a head coach, baffles me that he hasn't been hired. An amazing head coach who can really use his skill set. So if Jalen Waddle can land a mat, so which is nowhere, wow, then yeah, he's going to take the league by storm. Because I think he's better than Tyree Kill was coming out of college. And I think almost everybody thinks that. But I don't think that he's going to land in that because closest thing I can think of is 49ers or the Raiders or something, but like Mike Gesicki is not Travis Kelsey. Brian Flores is not the offensive mind that um, Andy Reid is, and their co-offensive coordinators clearly aren't the mind that Eric Bieniemy is. So they're going to have to work their way through that with Brian Flores being defensive coach, Tua, who has flashes and was incredible in college, but he's really not not anywhere near, near the level of Patrick Mahomes. And I'm not going to say that he's a bad quarterback yet, but it certainly looks that way. The unfortunate thing about the NFL is most guys are busts, especially when they come in with Tua's pedigree of expectation and everything. He's probably going to be a bust. And I think when I looked at him in college and compared him to some of the quarterbacks of this class, I was, like maybe he's with Zach Wilson, but behind Justin Fields and behind Trevor Lawrence. I think his athleticism puts him ahead of Matt Jones, though the Alabama receivers did say they'd rather play with Jones than Tua, which really surprised me. But who knows?
there also with Devontae Smith there at Alabama, who just won the Heisman, fan favorite, everyone loves him. I think his route running and skill, going back to the Patrick Sertan thing, is going to make him NFL ready right now. And the last one, Jamar Chase, who I'm going to be comparing of these three, he's got all the athleticism, all the speed, all the size, incredible hands, jumping, catch radius, it's amazing. He's a prototypical receiver, exactly what you'd want. And he's, he's going to be good, I think, almost right away. He's probably going to be limited by that Cincinnati team because they just do not have an offensive line, and they didn't do much to fix it in the draft. So Joe Burrow is not going to have much time to throw it to him like he did at LSU. It's not going to be LSU. But Devontae Smith going to the Eagles, similar problems, broken down O-line, always injured. Jalen Hurts is considerably a step down from Joe Burrow. But he's got enough talent, and I think Devontae Smith has enough talent, that within a few years he'll be top 10 in the NFL at least once. And Jamar Chase, I just don't see that as much. I think that hopefully he can, and he'll definitely look like it at times, but he's probably going to take a step back from year two. So year one might be great. Year two, not that good. I think that's what's really going to show their talent level and how far they'll get. So thank you guys for listening. This was awesome. I had a lot of fun. And I'll see you next time.